0: Great to see everybody. Great to be in church with you. Amen. We love this place. We have been, we have been, uh, it's, we, we, we traveled for 20 years and traveled the nation for the next 20, uh, first 20, I should say. And uh, then we, then God dealt with us to go to Tulsa and plant a church. Wasn't quite what I thought we were going to be doing, but you know, for almost 25 years ago now. And so a lot of places we hadn't been for a long time, but prior to that time, um, we came here regularly. Yeah. There was a time we, 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 we came through on a regular basis. And we've always had a, a great um, gratefulness for this house. And we're thrilled with what's happening. We love your pastors. As you've heard, we go way back. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead, and give them a hand. Let them know you appreciate them. We've known them for a long time. And I'll just tell you this: they don't come any better. Yes. Don't come any better. We're grateful. We've we've been having a good, such a good time. We were here, you know, for came in Thursday night, and then we've been in for um, uh, Friday morning, you know, with the staff, and then Friday evening, we're in the service here, and then and then we got to just hang out for a good part of the day yesterday, and and uh, just you know. Uh, how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. There's just something about hanging out, hanging out with folks. I'll put it this way. It's just something about hanging out with folks that have the same DNA. You know? You know? It's one of these things, like, like somebody said one time, a real friend is somebody that you can not see for 20 years, and when you do see him, you pick up on the sentence you left off on that's when you know you're connected at the, at the, at, by the Holy Ghost. So, so anyway, so we just love you guys. You're just the, the best. Love you. Appreciate what you're doing, but thankful for this house, for this church. Thankful for what's going on. Every time, I mean, we we're here 10 months ago, I think. And, um, um, just, you know, just loved being here. So good to be back, but we're, we're, we're pumped about what's taken place. And, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm convinced we're headed into something that um, uh, pro- again. I mean, I know you already are crowded, but I believe the biggest problem, that ch- the real church is going to have in the in the last days will be trying to figure out where to put all the people. Amen. That's just I'm convinced of that. They're, they're, God's got a plan. I know that much, but but um, I'm not. I'm not. I don't think I'm going here this morning. But but uh, you know. <clears throat> Uh, God just dropped some things in my heart years ago. Uh, actually when we were praying about our church world outreach in Tulsa, praying about God I said, God, what do you want this to look like? What is this like I pray that a lot you know we'll be praying about the future I said God would you just let me know what it's supposed to look like? you know I know I know you want us to walk by faith, but would you give me just a little sight? But uh, you know back there and in uh, as we were praying about it, God even years before that, God had really, supernaturally taken me over to study uh, Acts uh, 11 and 13 and um, the uh, the church at Antioch. And uh, I like to word it this way, that, that's the church that changed the world, was the church at Antioch. And I haven't got. We, we don't have time, we'd be here for hours if we went over into that. But, um, um, you know, and, and I'm saying this because that's what this place is. And I'll explain what I mean by that is when you go back to... Um, Mark 16, Jesus said, Go into all the world, preach the gospel to go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. I'm helping you. Okay. Um, Matthew 24, 14, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witness to every nation, then the end shall come. Acts 1 8, you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. Now, that's just a few. There's more verses, but in just reading that, Matthew 24, Mark 16, Acts 1, you kind of get the impression that God's letting His disciples know what the plan is. Yes. Every nation, every creature, that's the plan. That's the plan. No, well, some nations are closed. No, they're not closed to the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, if God has to translate you in, translate you out. He'll get you there. You, you become available God will find a, way to, he'll, he'll find a way to get you there. Well, it's going to take a lot of money. God doesn't have a money problem. He just has a people problem. He didn't say Matthew 18. He didn't say, uh, I'm sorry, Matthew, get the right one here. He didn't say uh, Matthew, Matthew uh, get the right one, 24th chapter, I believe it is. He didn't say, uh, Matthew 4th chapter. He didn't say, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the, he didn't say the harvest is plenteous. Um, but the money's short. You know, boy, if we didn't have a cash flow problem, we'd, get, we'd reach the world, you know? Coffers are empty. The vaults are empty. We've had a recession in heaven. Just don't know what we're going to do. You know, COVID hit down there. People quit, you know, giving like they were. And, you know, we're just, we're just really cut short in heaven. No. He didn't say the harvest is plenteous and the money's short. He just said the harvest is plenteous and the laborers are few pray therefore the lord of the harvest that he'd send forth thrust out and force into the harvest his harvest his labors yeah. it's not a it's not a it's not a money problem it's not a power problem it's not a god problem it's it's a it's a labor issue and it's not a problem he just said you pray him i'll get him yeah. Yeah. but anyway i don't know where this is going all right <laughs> this was not last service so so anyway um where was I with this? So, so uh, yeah. So the Antioch Church. So back there, you go back and you got Matthew twenty-eight, you, or Matthew twenty-four. You got Mark uh, sixteen. You got uh, Acts one, and and there are other verses all through the Gospels where Jesus kept telling his disciples, "Here, I'll tell you what. I'll pay the price. You take the message. Mm-hmm. Right. Every nation, every tongue, every kindred, every tribe. Yeah. You just go. Yeah. Bible never did say stay ye." hallelujah it's the great go mission sometimes we call it the great commission but it's the great go mission so uh anyway so we may stand this for a few minutes all right so so you go back through there so jesus gave them the plan all right so he pays the price he goes to the cross Dies on the cross, descends into the depths of hell, pays the price, redeems humanity, raises from the dead, ascends on high, He leads, he leads captivity captive, gives, gives gifts unto men, sits down at the Father's right hand, Praise the Father, the Father pours out the Holy Ghost, pours out the Spirit of God, empowers humanity. We had the message, now we need the power. He takes care of that. We got the message, we got, we got everything. We got everything we need. Spiritual gifts, ministry gifts, the Holy Ghost, the Word of God. Well, I mean, we, we're, we're, we're in good shape. And so he gives the, the Great Commission, Go Mission, whatever you want to call it, to his disciples. And, you know, and he, he said, tarry in Jerusalem, but he didn't stop there. He didn't say, tarry in Jerusalem for 2,000 years, then we'll figure something else out. He said, tarry in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. He said, stay there till you get full, then do something with it. Yes. So, so uh, if you notice what happened was they, of course, they, and, and of course, I'm not, I'm not you know, uh, throwing this off on anybody. I don't want to get to the other side and have, you have know, Peter, James, and John come over and give me a hard time. Say, man, you really got on our case down there. So I'm not doing that, but what I'm saying is he gave them, he gave them the plan, and when he did, they, uh, they started, they, of course, they started the, the day of Pentecost. Holy Ghost poured out on all flesh, Peter and John. The next chapter, they go into the temple at the hour of prayer, raise up the man at the gate called, te- uh, at the great gate of the temple, raise him up, go inside, preach the gospel. 5,000 men get saved. 3,000 the day of Pentecost, 5,000, the, you know, in the temple there at Acts 3. And then multitudes were added to the Lord daily, such as should be saved. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's going, all right, in Jerusalem. But you go to the second chapter and the third and the fourth and the fifth and the sixth and the seventh and the eighth chapter of acts and they still haven't left town they were they took the, they took the gospel they took the great commission through religious classes and they thought well if we'll get jerusalem reached then we can go to Ju- uh, judea and if we reach judea we can go to samaria they thought this was a, a four-point plan we get one reached we'll go to the next we get that reach we'll go to the next it's not a four-point plan it's a plan with all four points at the same time yeah. it's not a progression it's a plan Okay, not, well, we, we reach Jerusalem, then we'll do something else. No, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the world. If we're leaving any of those out, we're missing the plan. That's right. yeah. so, so anyway, so, um, so um, you get to the 8th chapter. Great persecution arose over the, the, the uh, stoning of Stephen, you know. And Saul of Tarsus, he's, he's standing there, they're throwing their coats at his feet. Ends up being the greatest persecutor of the church right after that. Great persecution hit the church in Jerusalem, so they all started getting scattered. And it said they all were scattered everywhere except the apostles. Acts 8, I think, is verse 3. All except so, in other words, the apostles were the ones Jesus gave the commission to, and the apostles never did leave. Eight years, no, six years down the road, nobody left. Twelve years down the road, 12 years down the road, they still hadn't gone. In the progression that God gave to him to, to do. So you go 12 years down the road, and, and, and here comes a bunch of wild, radical guys, and they're traveling around, and some of them came to a place called Antioch. When they got to Antioch, all of a sudden, they started preaching the gospel, and the first thing they did was they started preaching to the non-Jews. All of a sudden, they got multicultural. They start taking the gospel to every creature. God had been waiting 12 years for the church to do that. It took them 12 years to catch hold of the vision of what he called us to do. So they went to this little place called Antioch, and what they do, they start preaching. And, and, and they started a church, and they started a Bible school, and they started raising up people. And the Bible said they were called Christians first. You know, they didn't call them believers first, it calls them Christians. What does Christian mean? Christ-like. This was the first bunch he'd found that did the works. Acted like little Jesus. healed the sick, cleansed the leper, raised the dead, and cast out devils. So I'm going to cut, cut this short. We've got some other places to go. But, but 12, it was 12 years before the Antioch church got raised up. And if you follow Acts eleventh and, and the 13th chapters, Acts 13 says, Now there were in the church which was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers. It was a gathering place, such as Barnabas and, and Simeon and, and Saul, as they ministered to the Lord, there were certain characteristics that were in that church I don't see in the church in Jerusalem. Maybe it was there. I just, I've never been. But, but as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work run to. I've called them. When they would fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on him and sent them forth, and they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost departed to Seleucia. So all of a sudden, it turns into a sending church, a giving church, a church planning church a holy ghost church they they minister to the lord they praise praise they, they praise worship sing praises linger in his presence they got sp- spiritual gifts in operation they got the leading of the holy ghost going there all of a sudden god raises up jerusalem got stuck in a mold over there to see how they they, they were imploding he needed a church that would explode he had a church where they just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. He needed a church where they'd just start launching people out to the nations. Yeah. Yeah. And I just said that because I like what's on this house. Yeah. This is, this is, this is, I'll put it, we, we had a minister come in our church, was, I think we were just maybe a year old. Came into our church and we had, you know, flags everywhere and sending people to the nations and all that. Had a minister stand up and he said, This church, this guy's been all over the world. He'd been to the biggest churches in the world. He stood at me and said, this church is my dream. I thought, oh, would you put that in writing? This church is my dream. So I just wanted to stop and say, this church is my dream. This house is my dream to see a place where you let the Spirit of God move, you let the Word flow, you let people go to the nations, you bring people from the nations in, you send people out to the nations. The Antioch Church, the Jerusalem Church spent all their money on them. You can read that and find out. Not criticizing, just basically. The Jerusalem church spent almost, all I can see is they spent most of their money on them. The Antioch church, first thing they did was start unloading it. They just start unloading it. Agabus came by and said, there's a great drought coming to Judea. And they all said, let's get some money together. Drought hadn't even hit yet and they're already sending money. It was, it was a generous church. So, so anyway, that's not my message. I was going to say, don't take that off my preaching time, but it's already gone. So anyway, that's all right. as long as you've got a Bible, you never run out anyway. So that's not where I was going. that's just extra. So anyway, anyway, uh, let's look at uh, let's look at Romans chapter one. I'm going to just land on a couple of things. Romans chapter one verse 10.. <clears throat> Well, you know, you, 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 know, you kind of, sometimes you worship your way into the presence. Sometimes you praise your way into the presence. Sometimes you just preach your way into the presence. Okay? You know, my spiritual daddy, he didn't, he, he couldn't, he carried, he, had, he could sing in two notes. Brother Hagan, he could sing in two notes. I kind of inherited that. But I don't sing my way in, but I can preach my way in the presence. I learned that from him. But, but there's somebody here, I'm not going to even call you up, I don't have to. The presence is in the room. There's somebody here, there's a, there's a, a man, and um, I don't know what's happened. I'm not sure you know what's happened, but all of a sudden, you don't, you don't hardly have enough energy to get up and get out of bed. You just drag all the time. I'm telling you, it's, it's, there's, you know there's something wrong, you just don't know what it is. I don't think you know what it is. It doesn't matter. Somebody goes, well, what is it? It's the devil. That's all we need to know. But some physically speaking, you have just flat run out of energy. You just I mean, you just are dragged all the time and you keep thinking, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Well, I'm not, I don't know, but I don't care. If that's you, wave your hand at me. There's a man in here somewhere. Where? Where's, where's the hand? Hallelujah. All right. I'm going to take authority over that. I don't know exactly what it is, but like I said, I know it's the devil and we got authority over that. Father, in the, name, yeah, in the name of Jesus, I, I speak to the very source of that, the very root of that system. I take authority over it. I command it to cease and desist. You said the joy of the Lord is your strength. So I thank you, Father. Strength is flowing into that physical body. It's, uh, it's affecting spirit, soul, and body. Times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. So I thank you right now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command life strength to flow into that body in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, right there. Somebody else, I don't know what they call that, but both sides of your jaw are so painful it almost, right now it almost hurts to chew. It's almost painful to, to eat. Um, both sides of your jaw, I think, what do they call it? TMJ, I don't know what it's called. Is that right? But somebody, and it's a real deal, okay? But you've got you've got so much pain in your jaw. In your, your jaw on both sides up there that it's it's been very painful sometimes it just it's it's you just almost don't like to eat at times because of the fact that it gives you so much pain. It's it doesn't lock up but it's, sometimes it's not far from it. Who's that? Just wave your hand at me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody says that's me but I don't like raising my hand. Well that's I get that. But Hallelujah Anybody out there? Glory to God. We had somebody in our church probably ten years ago. Oh, I see a hand. Okay, Is, does that describe it? I can see your hand back there. I'm looking past the light. Does that describe it? I mean, it gets really painful. Both sides. Is that right? Put both. Put put your hands on both sides of your jaw. Now I take authority over that. I command the nerves to be free, muscles to be free, muscles to relax. I speak that. I'm, the very tension. On those joints. I curse that and I command it to cease and desist in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're gonna see a vast change by the end of the day. You watch. You watch. Boy, we get started over here. There's uh there's uh I'm not gonna ask for a show of hands because sometimes sometimes folks are already dealing with enough, they don't they don't want to feel like they're standing out being embarrassed. But there's somebody in this section over here. I don't know who it is. I wish God had shown me that, but I'm fine. Somebody over here, um, you've, been dealing with, you've been dealing with quite a depression. You're doing your best to cover it up. But some are already starting to recognize that. But somebody over here, it uh, just seems like it's right in maybe in the front half of this section. Somebody's really been dealing with a depression. I mean, it's just a depression. You just, I don't know how to describe it other than you know what I'm talking about. It's everything looks dark. Man, I'll tell you what, you don't like to get up, like to get up in the morning. You can't wait to go to bed at night because you just don't like this. There's just a depression. It's just settled down like a dark cloud over your head. I don't know who you are. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I know you're over here. And I also know there's somebody else here that you have had, you have had a, almost literally a voice telling you to take your own life. Not only telling you to take it, but th- this, this same thought, almost a voice, has actually been telling you how to do it, giving you instructions. Well, I'm telling you right now by the Holy Ghost, don't do that. Amen. Don't do that. Amen. Don't do that. I know, folks that de- I know folks that were faced with the same thing years ago and they just decided not to yield to that, but uh, took their stand and they're alive, well serving God, walking in ministry today because they didn't yield to that thing. So I'm just telling you that depression, I'm going to take authority over that right now. And that same thing That same thing that I'd call it a spirit of suicide, trying to tell you to take your own life. Just tell, you say, well, the devil's talking to me. Well, tell him to back off. He's not your guide, the Holy Ghost is. Hallelujah. He wouldn't be telling you to take your own life if your own life wasn't something really worth living. All right? Okay. All right, now, everybody just bow your heads, close your eyes for a moment. Now, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over this. I take authority over that. I, I, I come against that depression, and it may even be, Lord, I'm not sure, it may even be the same person. There's a depression, but there's also a, a suicide spirit trying to, trying to get them to take their own life. Now, I take authority over that foul thing. I take authority over that voice. You foul thing in the name of Jesus, cease and desist in your maneuvers, stop in your operations, leave them alone in Jesus' name. We call victory down on them. They'll run their race and finish their course with joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, yeah, let's give him a hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, if, did we go to, to uh, Romans 1? Yeah. Did we go there? Yeah. Good, good. Okay, Romans 1.10. We're just going to land on a couple high points in here. Romans 1.10, Paul writing to the Romans, he said, I'm uh, um, making request now if by any means I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come to you. He wants to go to Rome. I understand that. I love going to Rome. I love, you know, just we got a fire base being raised up over there. But Paul wanted to go for, you know, he said, he said I, I long to see you. Make a request if by any means not at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. For I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift, some supernatural spiritual endowment, to the end you might be established. Now Paul's writing to the Romans. Isn't it interesting? I mean, the book Book of Romans is a great book. If the word only is what got the job done, all Paul had to do is write to the Romans and say, I just wrote you a great letter. It's called the book of Romans. Okay? Not yet, but it will be down the road. It'll be good. I, I'm, just, I'm sending you this letter to the Romans and um, the word is so strong. If you'll just take this and read it on a regular basis. Pass it around. Give it to all your neighbors. Read it in, in, in the churches and synagogues or whatever. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sending you the book of Romans. And the word's all you need so just read this on a regular basis. That's all you're going to need. If you read this, you're going to be just fine. Now don't misunderstand me. I'm a word people. I am a Word guy. I have been for 50 years. I'm a Word guy. I always will be a Word guy. You always put the Word first. We need to be people of the Word first, people of the Spirit second. I want to be a Holy Ghost guy. Good. Be a person of the Word first, and then you'll find your way in. <laughs> well, we, we don't need all the Word, man. Let's just have a flow of the Holy Ghost. You won't have an accurate flow of the Holy Ghost if it's not based on the Word. That's the stabilizing factor. So anyway, so what you'd think Paul would say, this is an amazing book, the Book of Romans. Just read this on a regular basis. Sit down, read it to your family. This is all you need. But he no, but he said, making a request now, if by any means I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come to you, for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, to so then you may be established." He basically said, "I'm sending you the word, but there, there are just some things you just don't get strictly by the word." Now, don't misunderstand me. We're not belittling anything, but everything God's ever done, He's done by a combination of the Word and the Spirit. Right. Paul was saying, I'm, bringing you the, I'm giving you the Word, but I've, there's some things that you just don't get except by physical contact. There's some things you don't get except by face-to-face stuff. There's some things you need, and I want you to have them, but you're not going to get them just by reading my letters, reading my books. You're going to get them if I can get there. He said, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to the end you may be established. Okay, so Paul's writing to the Romans and saying, I want to come see you because I got something. Now, that doesn't mean he, he runs around passing out gifts to people. It isn't like, oh, you get this one, you get that one, you get gifts of healings, oh, you get working in miracles, oh, oh, you don't get anything, I don't like you. No, nothing like that. See, God doesn't give that authority to any human. You just go pass out what you want to who you want, call people out, prophesy gifts. You can't do that. You can't, all Paul could do was go there um, by the leading of the Holy Ghost, preach to the people, many times lay hands on folks, and and, and, and and God would impart things. Humans can't impart. I've seen it tried, it just doesn't work. Humans don't have the authority to do that. Why? Because if we had the authority to impart gifts to people, we'd give them to our friends and we wouldn't give them to our enemies and somebody would figure out a way to sell them. You know, just send me 50 bucks, I'll send you a gift. No. Doesn't work that way. It's by the leading of the Holy Ghost. It's by the presence of God. So anyway, so he, uh, he said, I long to see that I may impart to you some. I, I'm a firm believer. I'm a firm believer in impartations. Okay? I'm a firm believer in impartations. That's, I mean, that's what he's, he, he's just said there. I long to see you. I long to see you. He's letting them know that it's not just the Word only. It's the Word. You notice everything God's ever done, He does by the Word and the Spirit. Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness is upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God didn't say, let there be light, until He sent the Holy Ghost out there. The Word takes the plan. The Holy Ghost is the confirmer of the plan. Gabriel talked to Mary about a virgin birth, the coming of the Messiah. She said, oh, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? He said, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. I'm giving you the word, but the Spirit of God will come and confirm that. Amen. We could go on and on and on and on. There's a man named S- uh, Smith Wigglesworth many years back. I wasn't there, of course, but uh, he was in England. There was a young man named Lester Summerall that was going to visit him on a regular basis. I've heard many different takes on this, so I don't know the exact accuracy of it. But the gist of it was, uh, Lester Somerall went to Wigglesworth's house. Wigglesworth said, uh, this is the last time I'll ever see you. Um, The war is coming to England. Hitler's troops are coming across uh, Europe. Uh, They're telling all Americans to leave the country. You're going to have to leave. I'll never see you again. Um, And he was an older man. Somerall, Dr. Summerall was a young man at the time. And he said, can I pray for you? He said, sure. He wrapped his arms around him and began to pray. Began to pray. Prayed he'd have that same boldness. Boy, you got that. Prayed, prayed, just prayed over this young minister. Prayed over him. But the, the, the ultimate was, he, he, all of a sudden he began to prophesy to him. He said, there will come a move. This is Smith Wigglesworth. Pretty accurate. Had amazing miracles. 23 people we know of raised from the dead. He's 23 ahead of me. Okay. And he said, uh, he said, the day will come, there will come a move of God, a re- revival or an outpouring or a move of God. There will come a day when there will be a move of God, and it will be a revival of the Spirit. Amen. Prophesied that out. Now, that was probably, goodness, I'm guessing late 30s, maybe early 40s. And um, so, 40, 50, 60, 20, 25 years later, all of a sudden, here comes what we call the charismatic move. God invaded the denominational world. That's where I got in the things of God. I was in a nominal denominational church, went to a meeting. I was at college at Michigan State University, studying to find how not to find God, <laughs> staying away. Went to a meeting, gave my life to Jesus. Okay. I mean, everything changed there. And what what reached, and then I got in the Navigators, and then I got in with the Campus Crusaders, and then I went home and got in the real estate business, trying to find what God had for my life. But I remember, that's when the Catholic Charismatic and the Charismatic move got started. There was a move of the Spirit. I went to a meeting in Ann Arbor, Michigan, at uh, University of Michigan in the basketball auditorium, probably 5,000 Catholics in there, singing praises to God, worshiping, dancing in the Holy Ghost. It was amazing beginning of the Catholic, or excuse me, the charismatic move. I got in the things of God, got baptized in the Holy Ghost to the Pentecostal church. So, so here we are, um, um, the, 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 the charismatic movement. And, and, uh, but um, Brother uh, S- uh, Smith Wigglesworth said, first there'll come a move of the Spirit, charismatic move. He said, then there'll come a move of the Word. See, all we knew charismatics, man, we knew everything but the Bible. Most of us were dangerous. I had a big Bible, I just didn't know you're supposed to read it. Some of us were really, really scary. Okay, we were the crusomatics. So anyway, so he said, but then there'll come another move, it'll be, a re- it'll be a revival of the Word. So all of a sudden, here comes the Word of Faith teaching revival. I got right in the beginning of that, 1974, beginning of a whole new move of God. And this, all, this took all we knew, Charismatics primarily, Pentecostals and Charismatics, and it pulled us back around to the Bible. Right. We'd, we'd sit for hours, hours and hours. We'd sit for hours. We'd, we'd take a notebook and the Bible, so we'd get a good seat, and we'd say, just go, man, I'm here till morning, I don't care. There was, it was a revival of the Word, and it changed our lives took we wild charismatics and gave us so much stability. But he said, first there'll come a revival of the Spirit, then a revival of the Word. He said, then there'll come a move of God where the two are joined together. And it'll be the greatest move of God the world's ever seen. The Word and the Spirit coming together. We could stand that subject for a long time. I know that's part of your foundation around here. The Word and the Spirit coming together. that's That's what we're coming into the middle of right now. We are on the edge of that. We've seen the Word, we've seen the Spirit. Now we're coming into a combination of both. As we come into the combination of both, we're going to see everything we've ever dreamed of coming to pass the healings, the signs, the wonders, the miracles, because it's not just by the Word, it's not just by the Spirit. It's when the two get merged together. When they get joined up. That's that's when it's sombro custa vagande. And many are saying today, when shall these things be? When shall these things be? How shall these things be? Well you hang around and you'll be able to see. It'll be when we allow the spirit of God to flow and the presence of God to move. Oh, we're gonna see the power of God come in and change and move things every direction, every place. Churches of the Spirit will explode. They'll implode and explode going every direction, touching nations, the power of God will flow. For these are the days when the spirit of God, the main thing he'll be doing, well, he will be raising up strong local churches that know how to flow with the Holy Ghost. So get to know him, get to know his power, get to know his presence, merge the two together, and you're going to find amazing reverence. And when we step into that place, we'll see an outpouring of his grace. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So there's a move of God coming, mighty move of God coming. It'll be a combination of the Word and the Spirit. Combination of the Word and the Spirit. We can go on and on with that subject. Hallelujah. Back in Ezekiel 47, talks about when the two rivers come together, everything they touch will live. What's he talking about? The river of the Word, river of the Spirit. We see it all through the scriptures. God's trying to tell us, don't just take one. I've had friends say to me, Well, I don't need all that Holy Ghost stuff, I got a Bible. I thought, I got a Bible, but I need... And I don't like him being called stuff. He's not the Holy Ghost stuff. He's the Holy Ghost person. Yes. Yes. Had people tell me that. But I've watched some of those folks just dry up. See, you get too much spirit without the word, you blow away. You get too much word without the spirit, you dry up. It's when you move, the, mix the word and the spirit together, that's when you have an outpouring of a supernatural. And I'm just saying that because... That's, that's, the, that's the atmosphere of this place that's what's here that's, what's, that's what this is built on it's built for and it's built about I know your leadership here I know their DNA I know a whole lot about what's on the inside of them I know it sure by history I know it by communication I know it by um, uh, association but I know by the Holy Ghost they, got, they will never back down from the Holy Ghost Never back down from the wonderful Holy Spirit. Sure never back down from the Word. And you get the Word in one hand, the Spirit in the other hand, you're going to see the hand of the Lord come in operation. Glory to God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, you know, you just never run out of materials. Glory to God. And I'm just going to finish with this. If you go back where he, what he said there, Paul said he said I long to see you that I may impart. One of the greatest ways God imparts things, impart is just to get a, a dose of the Holy Ghost. You get you get the Spirit when you're born again. You get the Spirit when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. But I tell you what, don't stop there because there are deposits God will make into our lives, and be, those are the things that will cause us to be established. Okay, and and, and I, I'm convinced God will make deposits through, He'll make deposits through. Um, presence God spoke to Moses said, bring 70 elders together when I come down by my presence I'll take some what's on you I'll put it on them just by the presence of God come. just having services where the glory comes in you will always take something home that you didn't come with by presence careful who you hang around things are imparted by presence and some folks have some things you don't want hang around people that have got something you want a part of people that know more than you Stronger than you, more spiritual than you, pray more than you. Find folks that know, find folks like that. You know, you don't have to run up and say, hey, put your hands on me. No, no. You just have to hang around folks like that. Make sure your company, folks you hang around, make sure that's something that uh, you're going to help each other get deposits. Glory to God. Well, let's all stand to our feet. And what I want to do, I want to finish by praying over this house for a whole flow of impartations to be made. I believe some today. There's a presence in here. There's just a good presence in here, okay? And that's great, but in the days to come, I expect God's going to do some things to get us around folks like Elijah and Elisha, association, where we get to pick something up that'll make us more effective than we've ever been. I'm going to pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you, manifest yourself, Thank you for making Holy Ghost deposits, impartations into folks in this house. We trust you for it. We believe you for it. And thank you, Father. I trust you that a whole lot of people in this house will go home with something they didn't come with. More established in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen.